chapter 3 tonight. Galatians chapter 3 in one hand, you can grab Ephesians 4 in the other. Talking about spiritual growth. Galatians chapter 3 and Ephesians chapter 4. All right, let's pray. Father, we sure love you. Thank you for Jesus Christ. And Father, we thank you, Lord, for the hope of heaven, Father, the promise of a new body. And Father, we are homesick for a country. And Father, we sure wish uh, you would come and get us out of here. But Father, until that day, I pray that you keep us faithful. I pray that you keep us on the firing line. Lord, I pray that you uh, keep us uh, studying and reading your word. And Father, I pray that you uh, keep us telling others about Jesus Christ. Father, Blessed hope and the blessed name we just sang about. I pray you'd help us and meet with us in this hour. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, Galatians chapter 3, I'll read a verse and then we'll go to Ephesians chapter 4. The Bible says in Galatians 3.26, For ye are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. So we're going to, this is part 3, we're going to talk about the spiritual stage of growth called children. Children, but uh, go to Ephesians chapter 4. We're going to turn some scriptures tonight, and I hope it's a help, hope it's a blessing. Now, look at verse 15. The Bible says, Paul says, But speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even as Christ. So spiritual growth, and here's uh, the idea. The idea is this, is you and I need to grow spiritually. And you and I will never stop growing spiritually until we make it to heaven with Jesus Christ. All right, so what we went over uh, two weeks ago, uh, I'll put them up here on the board here, up in the corner here. Uh, The first one we covered was the first stage, and that's babes. Uh, Babes in Christ. And you've uh, picked that up over in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 1. And the second one we covered was little children, little children. And we sprung board uh, from, uh, was it 2 John? Was it 1 John? Thank you. 1 John, chapter 2, verse 1. And today, we're going to pick up uh, the third stage of spiritual growth. Very similar. You just drop the little, uh, and it's just children. And we'll start here at Galatians 3.26 and move upward and onward from there. But just a real quick rehash of what we've already covered. We're not going to go over all the material. But uh, uh, the, the spiritual state called babes, that's the initial stage where you and I are born again. Amen? Brand new babe in the Lord Jesus Christ. And Paul says, look, there's some things I wanted to talk to you about and uh, things I wanted to feed you. But I had to deal with you as babes in Christ. And we said, turn me down just a touch, Chuck. I sound like I'm hollering in a trash can here. And a babe needs to desire the milk of the word. We picked that up in 1 Peter 2.2. And he needs to keep drinking the milk. Why? Well, Hollywood told you milk does the body good. Amen. Rallies told you that. You got to eat, right? And uh, uh, what you have to do is you have to keep drinking the milk. And not only that, but you got to allow the Lord to change you. Right? Because <laughs> uh, as babes, you get messed up, don't you? And every once in a while, you need to, you need to be changed. And you've got to let the Lord change you. And then you gotta, we said well, you've got to learn to rest in the Lord. 
learn to rest in the Lord. That's Matthew eleven twenty eight, Psalm thirty seven seven. Then we get to the stage of little children, and uh, and John says, "My little children," the stage of spiritual growth. And we just talked about some things last week. Showed you from the scriptures that little children they're not very spiritual. You don't expect a little child to be very spiritual, although many times they'll show us up. <laughs> they will. But uh, little children are not very spiritual. And, uh, but we know this, according to Isaiah 28, 9 and 10, that uh, if they're off the milk, then they can learn the Bible. They can learn the Bible if they're off the milk. And uh, little children, we know they start eating more of the Word. They start increasing their, their aptitude, their diet. The apples of pictures and uh, uh, apples there in Proverbs, the bread in Matthew 4 and the honey in Psalm 119. We said this last week, that little children, uh, they often have a problem with doing right. They lack confidence. Little children are easily deceived. They're easily offended, you know, and that's a little child. But uh, here we, uh, uh, we're almost to the spot where we're going to pick up children, but we said this, uh, if you want to get out of that stage of little children, we figure this much, when you get up to the dinner table, just eat your dinner, amen? When you come to eat, get all you can. Get all you can, and uh, just learn to start picking up the spoon and putting food in it and putting it into your mouth. You start learning to feed yourself. That's indicative of being a little child spiritually, and as a little child, you know what you ought to do? Just enjoy who you are in the Lord. Enjoy every day. Don't try to get ahead of yourself. Enjoy every day, enjoy every week, every moment, every spiritual birthday. Just smile. Enjoy it. Enjoy the simplicity of your salvation. And we said this, remember Jesus Christ. Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 1 says, Remember thy creator in the days of thy youth. You see that? So let's pick up the third stage of spiritual growth here, very much like the second one. Just uh, drop the little, like we said, and you have a stage called little children. Galatians 3.26 says, speaking, uh, Paul speaking to his converts in the region of Galatia, he says, For ye are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. So it's a very familiar stage, but uh, I want to look at some things about children in the Bible and maybe just draw some applications, all right? Maybe this will help you. Uh, Take your Bible, go to Ephesians chapter 6, Ephesians chapter 6, and look at verse 1. What is this stage of growth called children? Ephesians 6, 1. Ephesians 6, 1, the Bible says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. So we can gather this. Uh, children have to learn to obey. They do. They have to learn to obey. And if you don't teach that child to obey, he will not obey. I don't care who you are. Children are naturally not prone to obedience. Children are prone to do whatever the fire they want to do. And uh, a child will struggle with obedience. And when you're in this stage spiritually, you are learning to obey the Bible. You're learning to obey the Lord. Look at 3 John. Third John. Now it's not impossible. It's not impossible. But if you're a child spiritually, then you're learning right now how to obey. Uh, John says in Third John chapter one. There's only one chapter, by the way. Third John chapter one verse four. John says this: I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. Those are John's converts, and you know what they're doing. They're doing right. They're walking in truth. I'm just showing you spiritually as a child, child of God, you can walk in truth. 
Now you'll have to learn to obey just like every other child of God does. Uh, the old song goes, trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. Look at 1 Peter chapter 1. 1 Peter chapter 1. Now look, you've all gone into the store and you saw someone's kid go right off the rails, haven't you? You saw some child go nuts. Or you sat down at a place uh, to eat a meal and the kid just went bonkers. And you wanted to, well, anyways, you wanted to help that child behave. Um, but there was no help in him. There's not. And you wonder to yourself, what in the world? You know, are they on crack or something? No, they were just not taught. how. To, I've seen them come into the church from time to time, not so much as lightly, but every once in a while you'll get a child in here. It's not taught, and they don't know how to sit still. They don't know how to behave. They don't know how to respond. They don't know how to talk. They talk incorrectly. Right? They just haven't learned it yet. And uh, now look at 1 Peter chapter 1. Look at verse 13. 1 Peter 1. What can we learn about being a spiritual child? 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 13. No, is that what I want? 1 or 2? It's there. Never mind. It's 13. Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, and hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Look at 14. As obedient children, not fashioning yourselves according to the former lusts in your ignorance. I'm just showing you that you can be an obedient child of God. You see that? But you're going to have to learn it. And even Jesus Christ said he learned it through the things which he suffered over there in the book of Hebrews. So as a spiritual child, you're going to have to learn how to obey. Children are learning obedience, and they're learning holiness in their walk and in their talk. You ever notice that uh, children often, uh, they say the wrong things at the wrong time. And if you're a spiritual child of God, you'll, you'll do that. You'll put your foot in your mouth, or you'll be like me. Many times you just exchange feet, amen. But uh, children are learning. Learning. They have to learn to obey. How about this? Let me give you this one. Children have to learn to obey. And in this stage, many times obedience learned through chastening. Through chastening. Look at Hebrews chapter 12. A child will learn. He can learn by being taught. But many times he's only going to learn through the rod. Now that is foreign in this country. Uh, and your government has made it difficult and almost impossible to raise a child the right way. And we're not talking about abuse. We're talking about what the Bible declares oh, you should do. But look at Hebrews chapter 12, verse 5. The Bible says, And ye have forgotten the exhortation which speaketh unto you as unto what? So there's the application can be made right here. My son, despise not thou the chastening of the Lord, nor faint when thou art rebuked of him. For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth, and scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. So if you're his son, you're his child, every once in a while he's going to take you to the barn, right? And he's going to wear you out. Okay. If ye endure chastening, God dealeth you as with sons. For what son is he whom the father chasteneth not? But if ye be without chastisement, whereof all our partakers, then are ye bastards and not sons. Furthermore, we have had fathers of our flesh which corrected us, and we gave them reverence. Well, yeah, because <laughs> you don't want to see the stripes and stars, amen. <laughs> Shall we not much rather be in subjection unto the Father of spirits and live? 
For they verily for a few days chasten us after their own pleasure, but he for our profit, that we might be partakers of his holiness. Now no chastening for the present seemed to be joyous, but grievous. Nevertheless, afterward it yieldeth a peaceable fruit of righteousness unto them which are exercised thereby. Wherefore, lift up the hands which hang down and the feeble knees, and make straight paths for your feet, lest that which is lame be turned out of the way, but let it rather be healed. All right, now when you're a child, you usually get in trouble a lot, don't you? Yeah, you do. Now when you get older, not so much. And rightly so, because usually after they turn about 13, there's not a whole lot you can do, amen? If you ain't got that thing, generally, if you don't have most of it figured out by the time they're four, you can usually forget it. Amen. But on occasion, a child will be a little bit more rebellious than others, and you can straighten him out. You can break his will by the time he's six, but generally... By two or three, if that will is not broken, it's a, it's a, that path is laid. And it's going to be a rough go about it. But generally, as a child, you get in trouble. Ch- ch- uh, children get chastened. Children get in trouble. And when you get older, you stop getting in trouble. You get grounded. What's that mean? Prison. Can't leave the house. You ever wonder they got that? That's prison. Now, if you don't straighten up and you get out there in the work world and you start messing around, guess what? They send you home for a few days, don't they? They ground you. <laughs> and then if you don't straighten up the workplace, you go to jail. Guess what they do? You ain't going anywhere. <laughs> you see that thing? But generally when you're a child is when you get in trouble and a child, he's chastened. That's where you learn obedience. So a child has to learn obedience and you learn it through chastening. Now look at verse 12. Not only will he learn obedience through chastening, but he learns how to pray through chastening. Verse 12 says, Wherefore lift up the hands which hang down, and the feeble... That's to do with your prayer life. You see that? Look at verse 6. A child learn about the love of God, not through blessing, but through chastening. You see that? Verse 6. For whom the Lord loveth... How about that? Well, if the Lord loved me, He blessed me. You know what He does? If He loves you, He tans your spiritual hide every now and then. He whoops on you. Why? Because He loves you. That's why the old timers would say, this is going to hurt me more than it hurts you. <laughs> so spiritual child, he's got to learn to obey. He's got to learn to pray. And he's got to learn how to live right. So in this spirit, a stage of growth, a child, a spiritual child is learning constantly. Amen? There's nothing wrong with this at all. Now let me give you some other characteristics of spiritual children. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Some characteristics of spiritual children. Now, there is a need to grow no matter where you're at, no matter where you think you're at. And generally, you're not where you think you are. Can I say that? Uh, We generally tend to advance our own spiritual growth, but the fact of the matter is we're probably not where we think we are. But wherever you think you are, it doesn't matter. You need to grow up in the Lord. And wherever you put the truth front and center in your life, you will grow. All right, look at ch- chapter 3 and verse 3. <clears throat> All right. <clears throat> uh, back up to verse 2. I have fed you with milk and not with meat, for hitherto you were not able to bear it, neither yet now are you able. For ye are yet carnal, for whereas there is among you envying and strife and divisions, are ye not carnal and walk as men? So let me give you just the three marks right here in verse 3 of a spiritual child. You ready? The first mark of a spiritual child is envying. I'll say it again. 
The first mark of a spiritual child is envying. Uh, envying other Christians. Envying who they are. Envying how much attention they get. Uh, envying how much other people in the church notice them. That's childish stuff. You see that? Always worried about somebody else's business. Envying, uh, you know, uh, how much attention somebody gets. Uh, that's carnal. That's, that's the need to grow up. Not only that, you've got envying. The next thing there uh, is strife. That's simply fighting. <laughs> Bible believers are noted for this thing. Isn't that something? These are marks of spiritual children, but yet this is what Paul says. You're carnal. You're a little kid. Uh, strife, that's always fighting about something, right? Uh, there's, there's uh, Social media is wonderful for this kind of uh, uh, stupidity. Fighting over standards. Well, I think this should happen. Well, who cares what you think anyways? If that's what you think, go do it. Why you got to tell everybody else what to do? Why you got to tell everyone who you think you are and how much your status matters? I don't care. Trust me, you don't care about my status. You don't care about my profile. You don't care whether or not I lost 10 pounds or not. You don't even care what I had for dinner. Right? You, you want to fight? Put something on social media. Something will, someone will fight with you over it. Fighting over standards. How about fighting over church jobs? Uh, fighting over who you think is a better preacher. Oh, I don't like him. I think this preacher is better. Preacher's, right? that's, that's kid stuff. That's childish. How about this one? Fighting over control in a church. Fighting over who does what and who picks up who. I mean, that's, that's carnal baloney is what that is. That's envying and stripe. Well, that's two. How about the third one? The third one, you know what it is? There's a division. But uh, now here's the thing. <coughs> you don't give a child too much responsibility, do you? You don't. But if you give a child too much, he just doesn't do it. Why is that? He's not ready. Now, parents will go the other way with that sometimes and give kids nothing to do. Right? But if you're a spiritual child, you ought to have something to do. But uh, a child, isn't it interesting that a spiritual child, he's always ready to fight about something? You know people like that? Just want to fight about you, about everything. Who you're voting for, who you're not voting for, what you're eating, what you're not eating, what you're wearing, how you're conducting yourself, what you're doing with your life. How about mind your own business? Right? A spiritual child is always up in everyone else's business. And if that's you, quit it. Amen. Uh, a, a spiritual child always fighting about something, always envious about something in the church, always envious about another lady, always envious about someone singing, always envious about how uh, close someone is to the preacher or the preacher's wife. I mean, it goes on in every church. And I, we might be a small country church, but this touch, stuff always touches us. And if you refuse to see that this stuff is applicable to us, you just might be that spiritual child here tonight. Well, here's the third one, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 3, division. Here's a third mark of a child, carnal, Christian, always dividing up over something, uh, splitting up over personality quirks, splitting up over baby stuff, carnal stuff, childish stuff. Splitting up over not getting my way. Splitting up over decisions that the pastor makes. Or the decision the pastor's wife makes. 
and on and on it goes. I don't have an agenda. These are real live things that happen in churches. Whether we're the faithful few or the Sunday night or not, it happens in a local church when you have people of different spiritual growth stages, and you have to understand that no matter where you're at, you're going to have to grow. If you're a spiritual babe, you got to keep drinking the milk. If you're a spiritual child, you got to keep coming to the dinner table. you got to learn to feed yourself. And if you're a spiritual child, you got to continue to increase your diet more and more. And the more you eat determines your growth. But those are the three marks you need to get a hold of. You need to understand that's childish stuff there. All right, another characteristic that's noted of uh, a spiritual child is that they need some things. Look at 1 Thessalonians. 1 Thessalonians 2, 7. A spiritual child, just like a physical child, they need some things. And you just can't turn a child loose. You can't give a spiritual child too much responsibility. They can't handle it. And they need some things, and it's very critical to their growth. Listen, so much so that if you're a spiritual child and you don't get these things, you will not develop properly. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 Look at verse 7. I believe this book is absolutely simple and practical, and you and I can gain some learning wherever see that word child in the Scriptures. All right. 2-7. 1 Thessalonians 2-7. Bible says, But we were gentle among you, even as a nurse cherisheth her children. Ain't that something? You know what children need? They need to be cherished. You know, how do you, you know how to cherish a child? It's right there in the passage. You're gentle with them. You can't rattle their cage too much. I mean, some of these youngins that run around, can you imagine if you got all just, got your big boy voice with them all? You'd make them cry, wouldn't you? Hey! <laughs> you can't be rough with spiritual children. You got to dial it back. <laughs> amen, amen you got to be gentle when you deal with them personally. You can't be rough. Now listen, this is I'm not bragging here, and I'm not trying to tell you I've done everything right, but I've, unfortunately I've raised my kids rough. And, but you can't be rough with spiritual children. You can't. You'll break them. They're like fine china. You can't be rough with, you can't be rough with girls. Uh, you can, but they'll just be a cotton-picking mess all the time. you got to treat them like princesses. You got to treat them like angels with horns every once in a while, but I'm just, you can't, you can't, you can't go all bull on them. You can. Is this just common practical sense? And a spiritual child, you can't be rough when you deal with them. You've got to have a little bit of common sense in how you talk to them. You've got to bring it down a little bit. You've got to have uh, something called uh, a grace. You've got to have the ability to understand where they're at and how to deal with them. And, uh, but you can't be rough with a spiritual child. You'll break them into a thousand. You'll hurt them. You'll discourage them. Look at, uh, look at Colossians chapter 3. I'll show you how this thing plays out. Colossians chapter 3. Now, Bible believers are notorious for being idiots. And I say that because I am a Bible believer. And if you want to assimilate me with the other word, that's fine too, but... I'm just saying, if you're not careful because you have the King James Bible and you have the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, you'll be a real steamroller and you'll steamroll some child of God and you'll be to blame for it. 
You can't do that. The, the old preacher said uh, this. He said, do you, like, do you enjoy slapping a two-year-old? You can't be doing that, even if it is your own. You've got to be careful with that stuff. All right, now look at Colossians 3.21. Look what the Bible says. Fathers, provoke not your children to what? Anger, lest you be discouraged. All right, so if you're not careful with a spiritual child, you'll make them angry. I'm not talking about you make them angry for telling the truth. I know what Paul says. Have I become your enemy because I tell you the truth? If someone gets mad at you for telling the truth, that's fine. Just make sure it's Ephesians 4.15 and you're speaking the truth in love. Just kind of like, you know, don't be that, that dagger. You know, sticking them just because you like to watch them bleed to death. Fair enough? All right, now go on to Ephesians chapter 6. Extremely practical stuff about this third stage of spiritual growth. Ephesians chapter 6, look at verse 4. Now you've got to be careful with a spiritual child. You'll discourage them. You'll discourage them. Ephesians chapter 6. And you know what happened with children when you discourage them? Read the, read the papers. Read the statistics. You know what they do? They commit suicide. They become addicts. They get into stuff they shouldn't get into. And you end up running them off. And look, I understand there's plenty of spiritual children that probably left a church of their own mischievous devices. But there's no reason for us as Christians to be running off spiritual children just because we have to have the upper hand in everything. All right, Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 4. You have to learn, everyone in here has to learn that this Christian life is not about you. 6 verse 4, the Bible says, And ye fathers, provoke not your children to what? Wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. All right, so if he, uh, Colossians 3 says, uh, Provoke them not to anger. And then you got here, provoke them not to wrath, which is a step above anger. So you got to be careful when you're dealing with that stuff, because if you don't deal with a spiritual child the right way, you'll make them angry. I'm not talking about for telling the truth, but for being a jerk. And then you'll uh, provoke them to wrath. And then let me tell you what, when, you know, I notice about some children, when you set them off to wrath, there ain't no stopping their stupidity. I'd, uh, I did uh, a substitute. I'd, told you all about sixth grade, and uh, they were going crazy, man, bonkers. So I thought I'd use my dad voice. Well, that was a mistake, because once I went, hey, man, they exploded. I mean, one dove over a table that way, one bounced off a wall that way. I'm like, what in the world? Say what happened? I set them off. I thought I'll just do the old big dad voice because when I do the dad, I don't think I've ever done the dad voice in the last five years, but the dad voice, you know what the dad voice is? Everyone just like stops breathing for like a half second. You know, everything clenches real tight. But I did that in that classroom and they went nuts. So you run the risk if you don't treat spiritual children right, they're going to get discouraged. And when they get discouraged, they might... Just leave with your name on it. So that's something. Now, uh, now they need something else. Go back to 1 Thessalonians 2. 1 Thessalonians 2. They need something else. They don't just need you to be gentle with them. They need, they need the balance of the thing. Because if you, don't, if you don't catch this thing right, you think you'll have to be uh, super sweet and sick as honey and all the rest. You need, all, you need everything. You need the balance. Look at 11. As you know, how we exhorted and comforted and charged every one of you as a father doth his children. You see it? 
All right, <clears throat> so they need something else. First of all, they need exhortation. Well, I understand and you understand that exhortation is preaching. You know what spiritual children need? They need preaching. But uh, in, a, in a greater sense, they need someone to incite them to, uh, by words to good deeds. They need some preaching that will get them going in the right direction. Amen? Now, a preacher's job is to exhort, reprove, and rebuke. Uh, if a preacher gets up and all he does is tell you what's wrong with everything, you're unbalanced. If a preacher gets up and all he does is tear you limb from limb, and you walk out limping and limbless, uh, then you're unbalanced. But that preacher ought to exhort you, he ought to build you up, he ought to tell you what's wrong with the world, and he ought to just kind of lay it on you every once in a while. Amen? And that's a balance. But that child, that spiritual child, needs exhortation. And exhortation to do the right thing. They need preaching. That, that diet is changing. You see that? You're going from milk to apples to bread to honey. And uh, besides that, uh, it, you know, they're getting it cut up in small pieces. Look at uh, Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews uh, chapter, what is it, 5, is it? No, go back to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Your diet's changing. You're going from a little child to just children. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 2. It all has to do with the Word of God, but it has to do with how much you're consuming. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, look at verse 2. Paul says, I have fed you with milk. Remember, the context is babes in verse 1. But he expects them to be more grown up than they are. I fed you with milk and not with meat. See, Paul comes over to Corinth after establishing that church, and he goes, man, I should be able to feed you at least a, a little bit of barbecue beef, maybe. Right? So, uh, and I know some of you uh, have been doing things similar to this, but my wife's taught Sunday school regularly for the last 25 years. You say, what's she done in 25 years? She's cut that meat up into little tiny pieces. Here you go, honey. Here you, so you can understand it. Here, let me break that down for you. Let me cut that. Uh, it's a little grizzle there. I'm going to take out the grizzle so you can have the flavor, right? That's what Sunday school is. That's what children's church is. To get them ready for the preaching. All right, so a spiritual child needs what? Exhortation. A look at this one in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 11. Not only exhortation, but that second thing, uh, that uh, second thing that they need in that verse is comfort. A child needs comfort. Now, let me give you some things here. I'll give you about five things, and I'll give you the reference. We won't turn to them all. But you know how you're going to give a spiritual child comfort? The first one, you're going to comfort them through the preaching of the second coming of Jesus Christ. You give them comfort through the preaching of the second coming of Jesus Christ. That's 1 Thessalonians 4.18. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. Comfort through preaching. Comfort through preaching. Not only that, but you comfort a child of God through doing the right thing and serving the Lord. Doing the right thing and serving the Lord. That's 2 Thessalonians 2.17. You see what I mean? Comfort's not just you going up to somebody all the time and go, Oh, it's going to be all right, honey. Right? It's not just words. It's preaching. Comfort is found in serving the Lord. You know why people go through some difficult times and never recover? They don't serve the Lord. They're not doing the right thing. Comfort comes through, you know what? Colossians 4.11 says, the right type of godly fellowship. 
Colossians 4.11, comfort comes through godly fellowship. You want, to do, you want to get some comfort in your Christian life, child of God? You better get the right friends. You better drop the ones that are dragging you down. You better drop the ones that are telling you to stop going to this church. I'm serious. The right type of godly fellowship will help a child of God. All right, not only that, but you get comfort through getting under a pastor of a local church. That's 1 Thessalonians 3.2. There's comfort in getting underneath the pastor of a local church. 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 2. Why? That's how God set that thing up. Some Christians, some other Christians are saved. They're a child of God spiritually. No comfort. Why? No preacher. No local church. They're not a part of anything. You see that? You miss the comfort that it brings. Not only that, but in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 7, you know how you get comfort, Christian? A child of God gets comfort in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 7, by learning how to forgive others. Some Christians are all constipated and all hemorrhoided up and all just worried about everything because they don't know how to forgive. And that will bring real comfort. You learn to forgive others. And you being forgiven, how about that? You know why people are all a wreck? They can't get forgiveness from somebody. You know, one of the most grueling things in this world is to know that someone's upset with you, but not to know the reason why. I'm telling you what, that'll put gray head on your cotton-picking head. Gray hair, I said gray head. <laughs> well, that too, you know. <laughs> that'll make you sick physically. You're trying to figure out what you do. What to do? What to do? Right? Moms, dads, husbands, wives. You're mad at them. You won't tell them why. But go ha slap crazy, man. <laughs> Why? They just want you to forgive them. If I did something wrong, I'm really sorry. Nope, not going to tell you. Oh, okay. All right, well, here's a little guessing game here called Ain't Never Going to Figure That Out. <laughs> All right, another thing in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 11. Is this helping tonight? This thing is called charging, not like uh, Visa and Master and Discover. But we'll read the verse again in 1 Thessalonians. Let me give you a chance to get back over there. But not only do you need exhortation, not only do you need comfort, but Paul says that you need to be charged. You need to be charged. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 11. The Bible says, nope, wrong one. <laughs> wrong Bible. Yeah. There we go, 2.11. As you know how we exhorted and comforted comforted and charged every one of you as a father doth his children. All right? So as a child, he needs to be charged. You say, what does charge mean? That means loaded up. It means burdened. That means laid on. That means instructed, ordered, commanded, placed to the debt. Uh, I preached one message, I don't know, about six, seven years back. And one brother in the back, I came all the way to the back after, and he goes, says, geez, pastor, you sure preached one blank of a burden, and he cussed. <laughs> he was sincere as the day is long. Say, what happened? I laid it on him. You know what you need? You need someone to lay it on you every once in a while. As a parent, don't you lay it on your kids every once in a while, whether it's verbally or physically? Sure you do. Every once in a while, it's their turn, ain't it? You're going to shut your mouth and you're going to listen. I told one kid in class, he's going to shut his mouth. He's like, you can't tell me to shut your mouth. I said, shut your mouth. <laughs> I guess you can't do that, I guess. <laughs> Whatever. Anyways, he walked. <laughs> but a child, a spiritual child, needs to be charged. 
And you have to lay some things on a spiritual child. You got to put it on them. And that's what a good father does. Did you catch that? Like Paul, that's what a good father does to his children. You know, the Bible says in Proverbs 20, verse 11, it says, even a child is by his doings, whether his work be pure and whether it be right. Some people say, well, you know, uh, they just can't understand it. They're, they're not, you know, they're not old enough. Spe- oh, no, even a child is known by his doings. Your kids know what they're doing. They're known, they know that what they're doing, whether it's right or wrong. And sometimes that spiritual child, you've got to lay it on them. You've got to show them what's right. You've got to show them what's expected of the Lord. You've got to show spiritual children what the Lord expects of them, and you've got to instruct them in righteousness. Uh, look at Proverbs chapter 22. Proverbs chapter 22. The Bible says a lot about a child. And I don't claim to be the expert or to have written any books at all. I just have claimed to read one book. Proverbs 22. And if you don't raise your children like me, praise the Lord. Maybe it'll go better for you. <laughs> 22 6. The Bible says, Train up a child in the way he should go. And when he's old, he'll not depart from it. So you hear the modern guess, well, I trained my child, I sent my kid to church, and they did whatever they want. But you know one thing you're forgetting? You're forgetting about free will. You can train a child all day long. The Bible's still right. You just got to factor in free will. But the fact of the matter is, is a child has to be charged. He's got to be trained up. You've got to teach them some things. You've got to lay it on them sometimes. And sometimes you've got to charge them. And... Uh, you have to put the load on them. You know what Lamentation 3.27 says? It says, it is good for a man that he bear the yoke in his youth. You want to apply that spiritually? When you're a child of God, you need to get in the yoke. You need to have some things laid on you, like responsibility, like service, like serving the Lord with gladness. Amen? Like getting under the preaching and let the preaching just change you and lay it on you, and let the preaching put a burden on you to do something for Jesus Christ. That whole stage of little children and being a child of God is all about interdevelopment, just like a physical child. It's your learning to obey. You're learning to obey through instruction given. You're learning to obey through chastisement. No, don't do that. I said don't do it, and because you didn't listen, I'm going to get after you. And that's what the Lord does. Why? He loves us. And it teaches us how to pray. It teaches us how to love God. And then he comes alongside of us and he's gentle with us. And then he comes alongside and he comforts us. And then he gives us a preacher to exhort us. He gives us spiritual parents to exhort us. And then he gives us certain individuals in our life like preachers and pastors to charge us. Why? So we'll grow. Why? You and I need to grow. Don't matter where you're at, you got to grow. You got to eat. <laughs> you got to eat. And so the child has to be cherished, he needs to be exhorted, he needs to be comforted, and he needs to be charged as the father doth his children. And you know what? You're not a good father if all you do is drop the hammer. You're not. If all you do is criticize them for their mistakes and all you do is get after them for what they're not good at, and sometimes you see parents do that. I've seen parents come here or they'll be in the grocery store and they're just shelling the corn on their kids in the store. You know what I want to do? I want to go slap the parents. I really do. You say, you have an anger issue. Well, if you only knew, pray for me, amen. 
But I'm just saying, you're not a good father if all you do is drop the hammer. And when you begin to win people to Jesus Christ down the road, that's another spiritual stage altogether of winning souls to Jesus Christ. You can't just continually drop the hammer on people. And if you get in a place where you minister to other people, you surely can't continually drop the hammer. You just hammer everybody into a bunch of, just to a pile of dust. And some people are, some preachers are noted for being a jackhammer. I got another word that goes with that, but it ain't hammer, amen? But you got to be able to do more than drop the hammer. You got to be gentle sometimes, amen? You got to be able to comfort them sometimes. You got to be able to stir them up to do right. Anybody can tell you what's wrong with you. I can look at anybody and go, I'll tell you what your problem is, but do you have enough umption and gumption in you to incite somebody to do right? See, that's the key. That's a good father. A good father says, okay, he's got issues because he's a boy or he's a, she's a girl, but I'm going to stir them up and incite them to do something right. That's a real trick if you've got enough guts in you to do that. Well, you've got to be able to stir them up. But you know what? Every once in a while, you've got to be able to grab another gear and lay it on them sometimes. Every once in a while. Well, let me uh, show you this thing. Another thing about a spiritual child is he's constantly developing. Look at Ephesians 4. Constantly developing. Isn't that something you see, uh, kid, you see family at Christmas time or you see family at uh, whatever ever time they get together, summer, and people, young kids, man, you notice the change, don't you? Like, man, you're growing like a weed. Amen? And uh, they're constantly developing, that child is. And next thing you know, they went from five foot nothing to six foot two. <laughs> and they go from a size eight shoe to 15, man. <laughs> and uh, they don't have shoes. Now they got stinking water skis. Well, say, why? They're, they're constantly developing. <laughs> and even though he's constantly developing, you know what I know about a child? He's very vulnerable still. A child is very vulnerable. Look at uh, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 14. The Bible says that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lie and wait to deceive. All right, so you know what we know about a ch- spiritual child? He's not solid in his doctrine. He's still learning. He's easily carried away by strange things. You ever notice some Bible believers are carried away by deep things? All they want to do is talk about the deep things. But if you get over there in the book of Hebrews, you know what the Bible says about all that strong meat? It doesn't profit. That's what Hebrews says. And uh, you say, what is that? Oh, that's just a spiritual child, just carried away by every wind of doctrine. He's tossed to and fro. He blows here. He blows there. Can't stay regular here, can't stay regular there, can't sit under this guy, can't sit under that guy, always comparing to a YouTube sensation or a social media sensation, and uh, it just doctrine blows him around. And that just simply tells you what about a child? He's not spiritually grounded, is he? I mean, would you expect a child in this church to know how to drive, have a full-time job, and have a job with benefits? That's being grounded, ain't it? That's being able to take care. No, you wouldn't expect that in 100 years. And if you did, there's something wrong with him. But that's a definition of a spiritual child. Well, let me show you this thing. A spiritual child, is, he's, he's yet to be grounded. Look at Ephesians chapter 3. Ephesians chapter 3. When you start growing in the Lord, you know what happens? You get grounded in two areas. 
two areas, and they don't all come at once. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 17. Now, the reason that spiritual child is all over the place is because he's got a problem with doctrine. He's not able to understand it, and it's indicative of his lack of diet or his inability to digest food. But look at 3.17. The Bible says that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye being rooted and grounded in what? So there's the first thing. That's the first thing. That child of God, he's got to get rooted and grounded in love. You say, how does that work? All right, number one, love for God. You get grounded in that. Number two, love for God's word. Number two, and then number three, love for God's people. And if you get them out of any other order, it's not right. You're not grounded right. You love God first, you love God's word second, and you love God's people third. And if you get those three rooted and grounded first, you'll be all right. Now look at this, Colossians 1. Here's here's the next thing. You get rooted and grounded in love. And then in the process of time, you get, you get rooted or you get grounded in the faith. Colossians 1.23. 1.23, if you continue in the faith, grounded and, that's a great word, settled. And be not moved away from the hope of the gospel which you have heard, so forth and so on. So you get grounded in two things. The spiritual child isn't grounded at all. He's not grounded in his love. He's not grounded in his faith. And that whole grounded in faith has to do with the settling. And you know when a man's settled, you know what he won't do? He won't hop the fence. He won't chase greener pastures. Going up home, right, to live in green pastures. Don't be thankful for the pasture you got right now. Amen? And eat in the pasture that God's given you to graze. That's indicative of spiritual growth. So a spiritual child is easily deceived in that verse, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 14, by the slight of men and cunning craftiness. They're easily deceived by men, men. But let's try to find a close here tonight. Go to Titus chapter 1. I've given you a bunch of information, but it's all spiritually applied to spiritual growth called being a child. Titus chapter 1. Your growth is going to depend on your consumption of the Word of God. And the more you eat it, the more you'll grow. Just like the more you get up in the middle of the night, the more you have to buy new clothes. Amen. What did he say? Titus 1.6. I want to give you a couple thoughts. Now, here's a, here's a qualification of an ideal pastor. If any be blameless and the husband of one wife, having what? Faithful children. You see that? Now, this is, like I said, the qualification for the pastor of a local church. But uh, what I want to make the application is, if a biological child can be faithful at that age, then spiritually, so can you. You can be a faithful child of God. And you know what's interesting about that? That's the only requirement in the Christian life. Take your Bible, go to 1 Corinthians chapter 4. The only requirement in the, in the Christian life is to be faithful. I'm telling you, man wants results. Your job wants results. <laughs> the Lord, He just wants you to be faithful. Because he knows if you're faithful, then the Lord's able to handle the results himself. 1 Corinthians chapter 4. Verse 2. Bible says in 1 Corinthians 4, 2, Moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. And you know what you and I are? We're stewards. God's given us some things, hasn't he? 
He's given us that book that's in your lap. And in that book contains a handful of mysteries that we're supposed to hang on to and we're supposed to be faithful to. And the only thing that's required in this Christian life is faithfulness. Faithfulness to Jesus Christ and His Word. All right, now let me give you one more thought here. <clears throat> Just be faithful. Be a faithful child of God. Be faithful to learn obedience. Be faithful to find yourself and feed yourself the daily bread. Right? Be faithful to eat the daily bread. Be faithful to pray. Be faithful to assemble with the saints. Be faithful to let the preaching do its work as it exhorts you, as it comforts you, and as it charges you. Just be faithful with it. And finally, watch this. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 14. 14 verse 20. Now there's something the Lord thinks about a child, and uh, he told the Apostle Paul to write about this thing here. I want you to see this. Look at it. He says in verse 20, Brethren, be not children in understanding, howbeit in malice be ye children, but in understanding be men. I want you to look at that middle part. He says, howbeit in malice be ye children. You say, what is malice? Malice is extreme enmity. Malevolence, it's a disposition to injure others without a cause, from mere gratification or from a spirit of revenge. Malice is unprovoked spite. How about that? And you know what? Uh, the real great thing about a child generally, generally, unless that child's been physically abused, children are not normally malicious. Children are not normally malevolent. Children are not normally, I know there's an exception, they're not normally spiteful, and they're not normal, they don't normally have a spirit of revenge. And that's why the Apostle Paul said over in Romans 16, 19, I would have you wise unto that which is good and simple concerning evil. And generally, children are simple concerning evil. So the Apostle Paul says, you got that. Be children when it comes to malice. Just, just there are some things you don't need to grow above, and malice is one of them. So, in your Christian life and development, you never want to outgrow that part of your childhood. Amen? What is that? Never outgrow the fact that uh, you can be upset with someone, and then 30 seconds later, everything will be all right. You ever see young kids fight? They're, they're, settling, thing, they're settling the score, and they're playing just moments later. Be like that. Be like that. Uh, some people, some adults that have, quote, grown up in the Lord, uh, they, they get all squabbled over things, and it's 20, 30 years, and they take it to the grave, and they never settle it. Don't be that way. Be a, chill, be a child when it comes to malice. Uh, never outgrow that part of your childhood. And to do that, you know what you got to do? Child of God, you got to guard your heart. You got to guard your eyes. You got to guard your ears. You got to guard your diet. And in proper spiritual diet, you know what it does? It promotes truth decay. An improper spiritual diet promotes truth decay. You start eating a bunch of junk out in this world that doesn't help you grow spiritually, you'll start putting the truth up. You'll get out of your Bible and you'll start reading whatever it is you're reading, watching it as whatever you're watching, and that's a real danger for the children of God. And in the process of time, 
Uh, if you do these things and you keep coming to the dinner table, you know what you'll do? Ephesians 4.15, you'll grow up into him in all things. Let me read our verse for the, day, or for the evening and we'll close. Galatians 3.26, for ye are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. And that'll wrap up the third part of our spiritual growth part here, just that stage of growth called children. All right, why don't you stand? We'll be dismissed with a word of prayer.